Good evening, everybody. I'm coming, jumping on for a quick mini cast. I haven't done one in a few weeks, so I figured I'd jump on real quick. Um, storming really bad here in Orlando. Um, been storming for the last two to three hours, so it looks like it's going to be here for another couple of more hours. So I thought I'd come on real quick uh, to hit the three main topics of the podcast. Uh, movie, sports, and politics. I'm kind of going to stream of consciousness here. I don't really have a set thing, but I'm going to start with movies, um, with the box office for this week. The number one movie was actually a dead heat between uh, The Equalizer 2 and Mamma Mia. So Equalizer made $35 million this weekend, opening weekend. You can go to the website and see my review. Uh, I gave it a three and a half Van Gogh's out of five. Uh, so you can check that out. The movie was budgeted at $62 million, So $35 million opening week is pretty good. I know the cinema score for the movie was an A. Uh, so audiences liked it. Like I said, I liked it better than the first movie. I had an issue with the last third of it, but like I said, you can hear more of my review of it. It's posted now on uh, the website or if you get the show via your podcasting app. So it's episode seven. Um, right behind it was Mamma Mia, which was also opening weekend. It did $34.3 million on a budget of $75 million. So again, good opening for that movie. Also a sequel, very strong opening for them. Um, they should probably do well when it's all said and done. Number three movie was Hotel Transylvania. I guess this is a third movie. I've never seen any of these movies. I think Adam Sandler's company has something to do with them. But it just goes to show you if you release any kind of halfway decent animated movie, it makes tons of money. It made $23 million this week in its second week of release, and it's already at $91 million for two weeks, which is nuts. But these animated movies are are insane. They make an insane amount of money. Uh, number four movie was Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, it made $16 million this week. That movie is in this third week of release, and it's already at $164 million. Can't see what the budget is, so I'm assuming the budget's probably in the neighborhood of $100 million. So that's probably a solid movie. It's probably one of those second-tier Marvel movies that are going to do um, really good business, not you know, spectacular like maybe Black Panther or Avengers Infinity War. So um, it's probably going to be something along those lines. The fifth movie for the week is Incredibles 2, so another animated film, Pixar sequel. Uh, it's in its sixth week of release. It cleared 11500000 this weekend. Its total take is $557 million. I know I just read that it's uh, knocking on the door of a billion dollars worldwide, which is insane. That's an insane amount of money. Uh, but that's what these movies are generating. Between Disney and Marvel, they are, again, just continuing to dominate the, the movie landscape. So it's insane. So that's top five movies of the week. Um, regarding... Sports, I think the biggest sports of the week, um, it still continues to be the LeBron James signing. And this week, actually, Kawhi Leonard was traded from the San Antonio Spurs to the Toronto Raptors. So my opinion on that is the Raptors are taking a huge risk here. And I don't know what their end game is. Kawhi Leonard has stated his clear desire to play for the Los Angeles Lakers. So I don't know if Toronto's plan is to have him play out the entire season and then see if they can convince him to stay and sign a long-term deal or if their plan is to use him as a trade asset to get pieces back either before the trade deadline, which they would have to do, or even before the season starts. There's some speculation that maybe the Lakers may make a push for him now because I guess Kawhi's desire would be to play in L.A. It doesn't have to specifically be for the Lakers. It could be the Lakers or the Clippers. So the Lakers may want to jump in before the season even starts to see if they can entice Toronto into moving Kawhi over to the Lakers so they beat out the Clippers and that kind of bidding war that would happen uh, next summer when he becomes a free agent. So that's the big news there. 
we're a week away from NFL training camps uh, opening up. So, of course, my team is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers dealing with, of course, issues, uh, mainly the Jameis Winston suspension, of course. Um, he'll be allowed to participate in training camp and preseason games. His suspension will begin after the last preseason game ends. Uh, and then his suspension will start for the first three games. And then more than likely, Ryan Fitzpatrick will be the starting quarterback for the first three games of the season. Uh, they play the Eagles, the Saints, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So they got a tough start to the season um, to go. So even with Jameis Winston there, that's a tough schedule opening the season. But the Bucks made some improvements on the defensive line. Um, so they should be better. So hopefully they can at least win one, if not two, of those games. So in politics this week, uh, I think the biggest thing that's been going on, obviously, is the fallout from Trump's visit to Helsinki and his meeting with Putin. Uh, of course, the backlash that he received early last week for essentially backing Putin and questioning the intelligence information regarding uh, meddling in the 2016 election. Now, I haven't spoken about this too much or actually not at all intentionally, even though politics is part of this podcast. Uh, I said early on when I relaunched this podcast that this is going to be a as much as I can make it a nonpartisan podcast. So hopefully if I'm able to get political guests in the future, I'm going to make sure that they understand that this is nonpartisan. I'm going to have opinions on things, but it's really going to be more of situational things or things that are going on. And this is why I'm choosing to comment on this particular situation. Now, I'm going to talk about polarization in a future show or shows because that's going to be a running theme through my podcast. Um, I think the biggest threat to our democracy going forward is going to be polarization. It is polarization. That's what's happening right now. And unfortunately, I think one of the byproducts of this polarization is the Russian meddling in the 2016 election. So let me be very clear about this. Russia meddled in the election. Period. There's no debate about that. I was watching Face the Nation this morning and they were talking to some voters. It was, uh, I think, two Democrats, two Republicans and a, an independent voter. And one of the Republican voters point blank to the moderator said that there is no evidence that the Russians meddled in the 2016 election. I can't even respond to that nonsense. But then, of course, when they went back to him, he elaborated that. And this is where I think people get caught up. He basically said his follow up to that was no one, not not one. It wasn't proven that one vote was changed because or was changed in the election. Again, here is the issue with this situation. Starting with the president, President Trump is conflating, conflating two issues. He keeps con, con, um, connecting meddling with collusion. He keeps conflating the two together. That's nonsense. And he kind of knows that's nonsense. No one is saying that there was collusion. They may be looking to see if there is, but no one has said that. But admitting that Russia meddled in the election is not the same thing and is not related to colluding with the Trump campaign or any campaign for that matter. And as Trump likes to say, the meddling occurred while Obama was president. That's correct. So Russia for over the last, if you look at the intelligence information, going back to George W. Bush has been attempting via the internet to meddle in our elections. So we're going back before even Obama was elected. So to sit here and be intellectually dishonest and say 
If anyone thinks that there was no meddling, that's insane. Come on. They meddled in our election. They meddled. They didn't change votes. They didn't swing the election. Now, some people will say they did, but not even so much that. They interfered in the election. They interfered. And they're planning on doing it again because it worked in the sense that they caused chaos. And they basically, again, to my original point of polarization, they see the polarization and they're capitalizing on the polarization. So they know that we're already a polarized nation. And Donald Trump was a polarizing candidate and Donald Trump marked traffics in polarization. That helped him get elected. Look, it was a brilliant strategy uh, and it worked. And ever since the election was over, President Trump has conflated collusion with interference. There are two different things. Russia interfered in the election in 2016. This is a fact. This is not in dispute. The only thing that is questionable or people will question is whether the Trump campaign actively colluded with Russia. And as of today, there's been no evidence to show that that took place. Now, investigations are ongoing. The Mueller investigation is ongoing. Uh, President Trump's attorney, Cohen, is being investigated by the state of New York. That's ongoing as well. The other news that broke this week was that Cohen is now saying that there is a tape of President Trump discussing the payment made to Playboy Playmate McDougal, not Stormy Daniels, but this is before, uh, allegedly to keep her silent. So that's the news on that part of it. But again, my thing is with this situation and others, and I'll talk about more of these in subsequent shows, is polarization is uh, imminent threat to our democracy because there is no discussion when people disagree anymore. We have our opinions, and then we go to our corners, and then we vilify or demonize the other side. That's that's where we're at right now, and it's a, it's a travesty. We should be able to disagree. We shouldn't agree on everything. Healthy disagreement is healthy for a democracy. We should have differing points of view uh, to to discuss the issues of the day that are important. And the fact of the matter is that discussion, honest discourse when it comes to a difference of opinion is just not happening right now. And that's a travesty. And a lot of it is intentional. Because unfortunately, what I think is happening is people are more concerned with that about one, getting elected, and two, staying in office. Instead of what they should be concerned about is if they get elected, if they're lucky to represent their district or wherever they represent, to do what's right for the people. And you'll make mistakes and you'll disagree with people on the other side of the aisle, but talking and having open and honest dialogue with the other side of the aisle and, and coming to places where you can come to an agreement where like the most deals that happen where both sides are a little bit unhappy. That's not even happening. It's not even to where they're making a deal where both sides are a little unhappy. It's literally, we want 100% of what we want. And if we only get 90% of what we want, we're not going to compromise. So I'm going to wrap it up on there. I don't want the video to get too long, but I'm going to have more discussions about polarization and in other aspects of politics, because I think for me, uh, the politics part of this show is going to be really focused on how polarization is affecting it and what we can do as voters and what we should be holding our elected officials accountable to 
to combat polarization and to get things done. So I'll leave it on that note. Hope everybody has a great week. Um, my next episode will post next week. Um, not positive what it's going to be about yet. Uh, I'll let you know probably later in this week, but I hope everybody has a wonderful week. And if you're in Florida here, stay out of those storms. It's kind of rough out there. Everybody have a good night.